It is a football Friday here on Birds 365. Hope you had a good week, everybody. Oh, we had a lot to talk about this week. And believe it or not, what we've got to talk about today includes on-field Philadelphia Eagle action. When last we saw that, the unstoppable Nate Sudfeld was trying to move the Eagles down the field in that final game of the season against the Washington football team. Oh, it'll be a different guy at the helm today. He started that game, but uh, he'll be running a little bit of the show today. And the Eagles opening a rookie minicamp. We are the Mac and Mac guys, John McMullen, Jody McDonald. And John McMullen's going to go to work today. I'm going to go back to my computer. But John McMullen's actually going to get up and get out of the house and head down to uh, Eagle Land to watch on-field activity. Are you excited, McMullen? A little bit. Uh, You know, typically... Over the years, I've been to a lot of football practices. I've been, I, I said this earlier in the week, it's not very exciting, Jody, but the fact that we were so limited last year, the fact that everything is starting to open up, a little bit of excitement, even a little bit of nervousness. You know, you're not allowed to leave your house these days. We all got to get back out there. We got to get back out there and live life. I'm excited to live life. Well, you are living life a little bit more because the uh, biggest debate in this country, believe it or not, is how not how good Jalen Hurts can be, but whether we should be wearing masks or not. But I digress. Let's stick I, with the I football. do have to wear a mask. So I, if I want to be there, I got to wear the mask. Everybody is still on mandatory mask duty. Everybody's the- still, even I am fully vaccinated, but still got to wear the mask. So uh-huh. don't judge me. Either way, I don't uh, know what, what, what wing anyone is on but if you're if you're there you got to wear the mask and i'm fully vaccinated i i will judge you but it will have nothing to do with a mask i can promise you that over the course of today's show all right so you get the opening of rookie minicamp um one thing i do want to ask you uh before anybody ever gets on the field correct me if i'm wrong but the Eagles had not yet come to terms with any of their no. rookie signing well, draftees. Not officially. I imagine you're going to get that news right before practice starts, which I I think is one forty five. Um, so right around there, before there, hopefully a little bit earlier, the Eagles will announce officially the undrafted free agent class. Um. I expect there to be a few more people than we've already reported, but, you know, the big names are Jamie Newman. We talked a little bit about him, the quarterback, played at Wake Forest, was going to transfer to Georgia, opted out. Most people thought he'd get drafted. Um, Because he opted out, he didn't get drafted. I think that's a a really – some people have said that was the best undrafted free agent signing, and the Eagles got him. And also Trevon Grimes, who's a big wide receiver from Florida, for a couple reasons. The Eagles need that player, number one. Now, they have options in Travis Fulgham and and J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, but we know sort of the issues there. And he played with Brian Johnson, who was the offensive coordinator at Florida and is obviously the quarterback's coach here. So those are the two most interesting interesting undrafted guy understood and like you said we may get an extra one or two uh seven or eight names have leaked out there might be an additional one or two and yes of course those players have to have signed because they weren't drafted they are not quote-unquote property 
of the Philadelphia Eagles. They need to be, and the way that happens is by them signing a contract with the Eagles, not a guaranteed contract, but a, or maybe they're it. Do you know if there's any guaranteed money in Newman's deal? Uh, I I have not seen the numbers, but yeah, high profile guys do get a little bit of guaranteed right. money. Get a little bit of guarantee. So yeah. we'll need the, the details of that. Maybe you'll get them later on today. We can talk about them next week. But no, I was actually referring to the players that the Eagles actually selected in the NFL draft. Uh, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but there has been no announcement of any Eagle draft pick signees. Has there been? Not yet, but, you know, that's one. The Eagles have gone to this mode where they tend to announce things as one. Uh, it's easy to sign your rookies now. Everything's slotted. You see it all over the league. A lot of times you'll see teams announce the entire rookie class as signed. Um, that's what ultimately I think the Eagles will do, and that's the, the route that they'll probably go down. And don't be surprised if it happens today as well, Jody. I was going to say, because uh, at least what I saw last night, the entire Washington football team yeah. uh, draft class, 10, 10, I think they were 10 deep, like the birds, uh, have all come to contract <laughs> agreements. Like you said, it's slotted. And yeah. the only thing they're negotiating out is uh, $5,000 here or there, more or less guaranteed. But you know basically what the players are going to make, so that's why it's usually pretty easily done. Yeah. Eagles didn't have a high-profile Devonta was number 10. Wide receivers don't fall into that category. Quarterbacks will often move out of slot because they get a little bit more money. So Justin Fields signing with the Bears might be interesting because he did drop down to 10 when they when it was thought that he might possibly go higher than that. So there's a, a couple of them across the league, most quarterbacks, uh, that may take some time. But the rest of everybody is just – basically uh, figuring out exactly where you slot in, right? Yeah. Uh, there's a few every year where agents and teams argue about offset language, and basically that comes down to if if a first-round pick is uh, uh, not successful and he's cut by his original team, picked up by a new team, and then teams like to have that offset language so they could at least recoup some of the money they spent uh, because their new contract will be obviously uh, on the new team. And it, you can talk about having that offset language in from a team's perspective and, and saving a few bucks. But I've always said, to me, that's like the divorce couple or the couple getting divorced that has nothing to argue about, so they make something up to argue about. That's when you know the agent and the team aren't getting along. Because it's it's not a big, you know, if you're a first round pick and you're getting cut anyway, it's a disaster. So, you know, it's arguing about something you don't want to happen. It's arguing about something that's not really all that big financially from a salary cap standpoint. It's basically arguing for the sake of arguing. Understood. And uh, John will go down and argue with his fellow Eagle beat guys today when uh, rookie minicamp comes open. Uh, one of those guys, Zach Berman, scheduled to join us later today. Uh, Brody Hunter as well will be on with Brody News uh, a little bit earlier in the show today. Hunter Brody. John, Hunter Brody. Hunter Brody. Excuse me. Uh, <laughs> I, I got say? you, though. You got I, the two I first Brody names. Hunter. Hunter Brody. Yeah. My bad. Um, 
question for you on uh, the uh, article that you wrote yesterday on Philly Voice, which you kind of previewed for us yesterday, but we didn't go in depth on it. Um, certainly, I've read it now uh, about the quarterback position. Jalen Hurts will, I'm assuming, be part of today's activities. He is a second-year player, but he missed out on all of rookie minicamp last year because there was no such thing as rookie minicamp. You expect to see uh, Jalen Hurts uh, in the building for the rookies today, do you not? I expect him to be there. He is there. Um, I don't expect to see him on the field, no. I don't expect – we're not allowed in the building, so – uh, unfortunately, it's a different time. So I don't know if I'll actually see his presence. But, yeah, he's a veteran now. So even though nothing matters, even though those guys didn't get a rookie camp and maybe they should have tweaked the rules, um, I would have liked that, to be honest, uh, because they didn't get it. Um, they haven't done that. So it's basically rookies and first-year players uh, on the field. First-year players means – you didn't get an accrued season. Uh, Jalen Hurts certainly did, making the roster for the entire year. Um, so he'll be there. He's the leader of the team. Uh, and, you know, it's interesting, Alex Singleton, we talked about all that voluntary work and the NFLPA putting out these statements for basically every team in the league saying, we're going to stand united. We're not going to show up. And everybody shows up. Um, you know, Alex Singleton indicated – on, on social media that he's going to be here next week. Um, certain guys are going to show up. I think uh, a good percentage of guys are going to show up just because we are. And I, again, don't want to get off too much of a tangent, but uh, we are making progress as a country against the coronavirus. The biggest argument seems to be whether we should or shouldn't wear a mask when we go to the store anymore. Uh, so it looks like we're turning a corner and, part of this, or at least we're made to believe that a big part of this, why the union didn't want their players showing up for non-mandatory workouts was out of fear for the spreading of the coronavirus. Well, that fear is certainly lessened. And now it comes down to just, do we want to do less work and give our players more freedom in their lives before the seasons get underway? That's what I think this argument is more about rather than over, over protection of the players. And a lot of players are going, yeah, I got to get ready for a season. If I'm not worried about uh, my health, then why wouldn't I be in camp? Why wouldn't I be preparing? Why wouldn't I be getting ready for the upcoming campaign? Yeah, I've said from day one, and J.C. Treader, to his credit, has finally admitted this. It's it's the old political mindset of never let a crisis go to waste. The, the veteran players don't want uh, voluntary work. The The star players don't want voluntary work for the most part, because they don't need it. Uh, they could show up. They Their their position is secure, and it's a quality of life issue. They want to do what they want to do in their offseason. And if you say something is voluntary, it should be voluntary. So I get that from the player's standpoint, but you got this whole Pandora's box, Jody, of get, take somebody like Alex Singleton. Well, he seized a position with this team. He's been working for that for five, six years, undrafted kid, went to New England, Seattle, Minnesota, the CFL, finally makes it, finally becomes a starting player. And guess what? New coaching staff, nothing's guaranteed for Alex Singleton. Right. If he doesn't show up, somebody else might 
opened the eyes of Jonathan Gannon. He might say, I got my guy from Minnesota, Eric Wilson. Maybe I'll use TJ Edwards. Maybe I'll use Davion Taylor. Maybe Sean Bradley. Out of sight, out of mind, Jody. Uh, especially if you're not an entrenched player in the NFL. Right. And entrenched is usually described by contract status. Uh, it's unfortunate, but that's the way the league does work. And yeah, you got to prove yourself for every single day. If you're a guy uh, who has had to make your way in the league, you weren't a high draft pick. You haven't a guy uh, been a guy who's accumulated years of starting in the lineup. Well, then yeah, every day is a prove it day. They've got to do it specifically this year with an Eagle team that did turn over its entire staff. Yeah, he's got to get back in there and got to reprove himself. Those yeah. are the kind of guys I like to have on my team because they are hungry. And as Nick Sirianni likes to point out all the time, uh, competition is one of his major tenants. And Singleton is going to take up that uh, competition. And good for him. And I would say good for the Eagles. All right. On your article, uh, talked about the quarterback factory that is in rest mode is uh, would, would that be a fair way to describe the column that you wrote? I don't know if it's in rest mode as in, you know, before they were always trying to get, I compared it to that high end product you make for wherever Nordstrom's or Bloomingdale's that they're trying to market to the 1%. Now they're trying to market to target mass produce. Let's see if this works. Let's see if that's works. Let's give Jalen hurts a year. If Jalen hurts, doesn't work. You know, we have Joe Flacco as a veteran quarterback. I just mentioned Jamie Newman's going to come in. He's got some upside as a player. And then you talk about next year, and we've talked about it ad nauseum. And you probably saw some of the quotes coming out of Houston from the dueling lawyers. There's a little bit of won't go away with Deshaun Watson and the Philadelphia Eagles. Everybody's talking about it behind the scenes. And guess what, Jody? Rusty Harden kind of I don't know if it means anything, but he spoke very, very confidently yesterday. I don't know if he's just playing the game or if he's got some information. It could mean nothing, but it could mean everything. So I, I'll just say about Deshaun Watson, around this league, that will not die, that rumor that the Eagles – and by the way, the rumor that the, the Eagles are interested in Deshaun Watson. Don't don't think for one second they're not interested. And 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 they should be. Um, what was it that Harden said that grabbed enough of your attention to say, hmm? Well, it, it came out Tony Busby, who's the opposing lawyer for all the uh, people who have accused uh, Deshaun Watson, came out with a, a few statements, and of course Rusty responded. And and it's been a lot about um, negotiating settlement deals. And Busby originally was negotiating settlement deals. He claims he continues to claim that um, he doesn't want to settle now. And Rusty kind of clapped back and said, you've been looking to settle from the start. We're the ones that want um, transparency. We want no um, um, uh, court uh, uh decrees saying people can't talk, whether it's Deshaun Watson or is or the people accusing him. That that tells me he's got a lot of confidence. I again he could just be playing the game and trying to sway the court of public opinion. That's possible. But I gotta tell you, man, he, he does sound like a, and he sounded from the start like a very confident lawyer 
in his client. Again, might mean nothing. Might I might be looking too much into that, but it might mean everything. Uh, it could be. Uh, I'm I'm with you along the lines of how you're interpreting it. But here's the bottom line: interpreting is nice. It doesn't mean anything. No, doesn't mean Un anything until settlements are actually agreed to, and we find out what is or isn't going to be under the cover of darkness. Uh, what is going to be said? What's not going to be said? Uh, Non-disclosure agreements and the like. It's it's all just speculation on this point. And to this point, at some point they need to come to an agreement because otherwise, the Sean Watson's not going to be playing football this no. year in Philadelphia or Houston or anywhere else. They've got to be able to move this along. And yes, I get it. We're By the way, the I'm I'm glad you got non-disclosure out. That's what I was shooting for. But uh, so I appreciate that, Jody. Also, um, the second part though I forgot to mention is. Tony Busby also mentioned that four of the accusers met with Lisa Friel, uh, who's the lead investig investigator for the NFL, and he was not happy about the way that went. So I think that might be positive for Deshaun Watson. Again, this is all speculation. Understood. And uh, if that is the case, that certainly speaks well to uh, the return of Deshaun Watson to a football field somewhere. In the upcoming season, don't know when, don't know how, but if the NFL, if it's being reported that the NFL investigation with uh, accusers of Deshaun Watson's has not merited much so far, that's uh, good news for Deshaun Watson and his legal team. All right, uh, Eagles and quarterback. All right, they're into mass producing. Can you get a top 12 quarterback in the National Football League. And again, it comes down to the metric you want to use to decide who's a top 12 guy, top third of the National Football League. Can you get one of those at Target? Can Jalen Hurts be one of those this year? He's not going to be a top five guy, probably not a top 10 guy. Maybe somewhere between 10 and 15 would be a good, positive, optimistic upside for me. Um, if something like that happens, can you get one of those at Target? Yeah, you can. I mean, look at who are, what is the argument, unless you want to go back and the, to Otto Graham and Johnny Unitas, who do we argue the two greatest quarterbacks of all time are? We argue Joe Montana versus Tom Brady. Joe Montana was a third-round pick out of Notre Dame. Uh, we all know Tom Brady, number 199 overall out of Michigan. Guess what? Deshaun Watson starting out higher than those guys. He was a second-round pick. We talk about Russell Wilson all the time as a third-round pick. So I think people can point to all those things and say, you can get a quarterback where the Eagles got Jalen Hurts. Maybe doesn't seem like the prospect other guys are. But also, you got to be realistic. Pointing to the outliers doesn't make it statistically likely. And over the years, the hit rate on second- and third-round quarterbacks forget about six-round quarterbacks, is not good. Right, if you're just playing percentages, uh, yeah. we have to state that Brady and Montana are the yeah. exception to the rule uh, by much, but second-rounders absolutely can become quality starting quarterbacks. I think there is a middle ground. I think there's a win-win in there. Your column talked about Justin Fields, and the Eagles did pass on him. When they traded up to 10, there's a good chance he would have fallen, even if he'd stayed at 12, and I could have been able to take him there and held on to that draft pick they ended up having to give to the Cowboys. All that is true, and I think Justin Fields has got a, uh, an upside to be a star 
quarterback. I think his upside is higher than Jalen Hurts. But if Jalen Hurts is close, if he's good, if he's a 10-year starter in this league, even if Justin Fields is a top two or three quarterback in the league, yeah, you got Devonta Smith too, which you wouldn't have had if you'd used that pick on a quarterback. So I think there is the potential for a win-win here from a Justin Fields-Jalen Hurts uh, comparison. I think they can both be great, and I will not fault the Eagles if uh, Mr. Hurts is a top 10 type quarterback in this league, even if Justin Fields is a top five type quarterback. But you will fault them if, if Justin Fields is a top five and Jalen Hurts. Not, not, not if Devonta Smith is a top five wide receiver in the league because uh, you've got to count both. I, I don't know, man. If you have a bottom, and, and we're going to get Hunter on after the break, but if you have a bottom, say, 20 to 30 quarterback thrown to a top five receiver versus a top five quarterback, you're going to blame the Eagles. Trust oh, me. You're going to blame the Eagles. I didn't have – You I might had, have to Sean Watson, so it might not matter. I had Jalen Hurts higher than the bottom uh, – I said it. The opposite happens. But you said, oh, Devontae Smith, number five, blah, 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 blah. I, I, I believe that. He's going to be that good a wide receiver in this league. All right, uh, yes, coming up next, uh, we will talk to Hunter Brody, talk some Eagles football, Zach Berman a little bit later. It's a football Friday. Yes, the Eagles are going to be back on the field today. And John McBullen will be there. This is Birds 365. If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob Media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home. Available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. In the Wildwoods, our free beaches are spacious and welcoming with plenty of room to spread out. Your seat will be waiting for you when you're ready to visit. 
the Wildwoods, creating cherished family memories for generations. Jody Mack, the legendary sports talker, joins forces with NFL insider John McMullen. Start your morning with Johnny Mack and Jody Mack across the Jacob Media Network. Football Friday here on Birds 365 with your Mac guys, John McMullen, Jody McDonald. We've got a couple of minutes to spend with our next guest. Looking forward to chatting him up here. Uh, you catch him weekends on 97.5 The Fanatic, and he is host on his own YouTube channel, uh, Sports Talk with Broads. Hunter Brody joins us here on uh, Birds 365. Hunter, Jody Mac and Johnny Mac here. How are you doing today, bud? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Thanks for having me on. Uh, thrilled to have you, bros. I've been on in South Jersey with Hunter as well. Uh, and I got to tell you, I'm, I'm excited because Hunter has the most energy of anybody I know outside of Nick Sirianni. So who would win? Who would win that rock, paper, scissors matchup? That's a great question. It's funny because, look, I'm not out on Nick Sirianni just because of how outrageous he is and all. I have some questions. I don't love it, but I feel hypocritical because I don't love it. (laughs) Yet here I am, and I do the same thing. So, I don't know. That's how I feel, though. (laughs) Talking with your hands is never a bad thing as far as I'm concerned. Any way you can express yourself. How pumped are you to see Eagle football back out on the field today, Hunter? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely stoked for sure. It seems like it's been like this... Uh, I don't know. Last year was a mess. Every Sunday, it felt painful to watch. It wasn't fun to watch. So after that refresher, I don't know what we're going to get this season. But after the refresher, it's like, all right, let's get back into things. And and I, I don't know how great the product is going to be. I don't think it's going to be one of those stretches of two, three win football seasons like some feel. It, it's going to be a growing pain process, though. So I don't know what to expect. But I think that's where my intrigue is because I don't know. What the hell are we going to get? I don't know. So that's why I think I am excited because uh, there's so many questions to be answered. Well, explain this to me, Hunter, because I get killed when I bring up, wait, maybe we should pump the brakes on Jalen Hurts. He's not entrenched. He's not a number one quarterback in this league yet. And I always say, Johnny Mack hates Jalen Hurts. I should like the kid. Um, So I have those people. And then a lot of the same people are saying, oh, Jalen Hurts is going to be great. MVP conversation. Wait do you see. And then they're like, oh, this team might start 0-6. You can't have it both ways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I, I feel like I'm in the middle right now. I feel like Jalen Hurts, obviously we know he's a competitor. We know the background story of what he did in college and all. And I think he's got a proper mindset. And he's just focused on what he can control. So he does seem like he's got everything applied upstairs the way that it needs to be. He does, I, yeah. Yeah, I think Jalen Hurts is, for me, uh, he's he's a guy that's going to keep you involved and be prepared the best that he can be. What is that going to end up with? Like I said, I, I just don't know. But I think he's what you see is going to be everything that he has. I look at him as a guy that you might not have. I, I hate to use this comparison because it's a different playing style. But if built properly around him, so once again, Not the same player at all, but the way that you build the team. Ryan Tannehill, he's not an elite quarterback. He's not a superstar quarterback. But the Titans can go far 
if you have a system that works well with him. Now, I, you don't have Derrick Henry, so you're not going to be able to run the rock and hand it off that amount of times. But I just use it as the example of, I don't think he's someone that's top five. You talk about it, it's like, you're going to go win a championship because of Ryan Tannehill. But do the Titans have something very successful because they built this mold throughout this tandem of a Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill? Yeah. Can the Eagles build something in their own unique way that can work with Jalen Hurts? But then I go back to Lamar Jackson. And does that work if you don't have, you know, someone who can who has who has a flaw and it doesn't work with the Ravens and they have a cap on where they could go until Lamar takes that step personally. So that's where I kind of I'm conflicted in between both because I watch Lamar and it's he's amazing. They build around him. But there's a cap because he struggles to throw the football. And then I watch Ryan Tannehill, and they make some noise, and they do well. Do they have a cap as well? I don't know. But that's kind of where I am internally, if that makes sense to you guys. Here's here's one of my concerns, uh, Hunter. Tell me if uh, you're thinking along the same way or, or differently. Um, we talk a lot when putting together football teams and looking on how things are going to work on commitment. The coaching staff of the Philadelphia Eagles – have no commitment to Jalen Hurts. They weren't here when Jalen Hurts was signed. Were signed. They, they weren't here when Jalen Hurts got to start four games last year. They're coming in with this clean slate. Sometimes clean slate is a good thing, and sometimes it's a uh, forebodance of things to come. Hey, he's not our guy. We didn't pick him. If it's not working out, we're ready to move on right away. Uh, the Eagles organization, Howie Roseman et al., and when at all includes Jeff Laurie, it's pretty significant. And that's the reporting that Jeff was involved in the selection of Jalen Hurts last year. Uh, could this be the first hurdle that the new coaching staff and the management of this team have to get over, that the new coaching staff has got to completely buy in the way that the organization has, second-round pick turned starting quarterback after less than one year? Is this something that you think works out well or something that is a hurdle to get over? Well, I, I would. Uh, I hate to go down this road, but I, I feel like Nick Sirianni is here for a reason. Maybe I would have a different answer if the person selected for the head job was maybe Todd Bowles or more of a veteran guy that might have a little bit more pushback on something. But I feel that's a, maybe a discussion that happened throughout these interview process where it's like, hey, Jalen Hurts is your guy. And it's almost understood that we're moving forward with Jalen Hurts. This is something that you know, you know, taking the job that, hey, Nick Sirianni, we love to have you. This is your quarterback. And considering he has no head coaching experience, he doesn't have that say. He's excited to be the head coach, as we all know. I think it's just somewhat applied to it all that you are going to rock with, with Jalen Hurts. So I don't know if there ever is going to be that internal conflict of, well, we weren't here when he drafted, when we drafted him. I just feel like maybe that discussion was already happened at the time of the interview. I could be wrong, though, but that's how I, you know, with, I hate to use the word puppet, but there is that <laughs> element of, you know. Hey, throw handed, it out there. Yeah, you're, you're handed what, yeah. what you were kind of uh, given at the time of H those meetings. On a, on a go at malleable. That doesn't sound nearly as bad. He's yeah, a very malleable go. coach. He will be. I like, I like puppet. I like puppet. <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, it's interesting because. This Deshaun Watson stuff won't die, uh, Hunter. You're on the air every weekend, 97.5. You should listen to him there. When you get phone calls, do, do you talk to Sean Watson? What are the fan base? Because that is a sticky situation. Do you yeah, have I people who just look at it football-wise, or do you 
go, we can't bring this guy in. I think a majority of the people that I have spoken to just goes down the road of, you got to wait until everything's cleared up. And I think it just continues to snowball. And now it's more, mas- it's great. How many people can have the massage? At? I don't oh, yeah. know. But yeah. it's it's getting to the point where uh, you got to make sure everything's cleared up before you try and make a move. So it, it does seem like it's more of the it's gotten so far that it's more of a let's let's not go down that path kind of thing. They've not got the their I get. They've got their work cut out for them at quarterback. That's for damn sure. All right, rookie showing up today. Uh, sorry I didn't catch over the weekend uh, when you had a chance to comment on the Eagles' rookie draft. Certainly, John and I have talked plenty about Devonta Smith, and uh, I'm a huge fan. John has come around to be a big fan. He thought the Eagles were going in the trenches, and they ended up picking a wide receiver. But uh, John has been very fair in his evaluation of Devonta Smith, acknowledges what kind of a great season he had in winning the Heisman Trophy. How big is big? How good can Devonta Smith be year one here with the Birds? Yeah, I think it could be huge. There's no doubt about it. The, the problem is we don't know what Nick Sirianni's offense is going to technically look like. So once again, it's like all these questions need to be answered. But yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for him. He's got everything in the in the tool bag here, right? I mean, you know everything that he can do. I'm, tool bag, is that the right way to say? He's got, he's got tool the Toolbox. Yeah, he, yeah toolbox. Tool I'm not going, yeah. Hey, we, Bag we box, same it. thing. You're yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, uh, look, he's got everything we know about his route running, his catching the ball ability. You look at how many drop balls he had in college compared to how many drop balls you had just from Nelson Aguilar and all these other receivers over the years. So there's no questions on on that side of things. I guess it's crazy to think that I'm so excited for Devontae Smith for him to open up maybe what Jalen Rager could do. It's the opening of stretching the field and, and maybe the creativity of Nick Sirianni that can get Jalen Rager working with time and space. So I, I think if you talk about Devontae Smith as a whole, he's got everything. I'm not too worried about the size. I think when you're a smaller player, you're so accustomed to knowing that you're a smaller player that you have it in your in the mental side of the game of recognizing when to kind of get out of trouble. Now it's a different speed different in size players than the SEC. But I think that's in you as someone who's 166 with weight. So, yeah, I, I can't wait to see him stretch the field. I think it's just going to open up a lot more with this offense, especially if we see more run game, more Miles Sanders, and that, that could open up Jalen Hurts, too, with the read option. So all of it, the entire package, everyone. And it starts with him. It starts with the young kid that's going to come in here and, and really help with that speed. Now, here's my concern, Hunter. Great player. I disagree with Jody's assessment. I like Devontae Smith. I did think the Eagles were going to go in a different direction. My problem is position. And his position is reliant on another position that we just talked about. And we just talked about Jalen Hurts. He's not going to be a high-volume thrower. So I want to talk about expectations. In other words, we look at Justin Jefferson. Kirk Cousins throws for 4,000 yards every year whether Jefferson is there or not. So people are looking for a 1,400-yard receiver. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen with where the Eagles are. How does that affect Devontae Smith? Well, it definitely is going to. And and I'll go back to something Nick Sirianni stated about getting guys open with time and space and allowing them to do the work. So you're right. They're probably not going to be as high volume as maybe we would like to see. But maybe there's something to be said about getting the ball out quickly, getting Devontae Smith with the ball in his hands, and then allowing him 
to do the work, allowing him to just utilize his legs and, and he can go beat defenders. And maybe that's a way to make up for, I'm not saying it's going to be maybe as outrageous in terms of receptions as we would like it to be, but maybe that helped closes the gap, at least in the beginning of Jalen Hurts until they, they figure out exactly what Jalen Hurts is going to do best or how he improves in that area of throwing the football so his volume does get higher. So I do agree with that assessment. Of maybe it won't be as flashy and as sexy with the numbers because it's limited. Maybe they work around that, though. They, they adapt to that by making up for the gap in other areas, which is getting the ball out quickly and getting Devontae Smith the ball within five yards of the line of scrimmage and allowing him to, to run. But that is a very fair uh, kind of criticism on Jalen Hurts' game, and is it going to be as flashy as maybe we would like it to be? Hunter, I want to get your take on a potential guy hitting the trade market. Rumors uh, started coming out yesterday that Jordan Hicks, ex-Eagle linebacker who decided to go free agent a couple of years ago, went to the Cardinals, has had two pretty damn good years with Arizona, as a matter of fact, played in all games, that was his issue here in Philadelphia from time to time. Couldn't stay on the field. Too many games on the injured list. Not a problem in Arizona these last couple of years. They took a linebacker in the first round and are ready to turn over the position to him. So they've given Hicks permission to see if he can work out a trade with another team. I think he'd be a real nice readdition to the Eagles. But the question is the way the Eagles evaluate and put value on the linebacker position new coaching staff but the same regime in place any chance they try and upgrade linebacker and make a play for a guy like Jordan Hicks I guess it's not out of the question uh, I, it depends on how they view Eric Wilson and um, Alex Singleton you know like oh, look I think the Alex Singleton story was amazing but he's got a role and I, I don't think that role is an every down kind of thing if you can improve that that would be amazing, but I guess it, it comes down to cost. What's it going to cost would be the answer to that question. If it's not going to be anything crazy, well, then I would imagine. Uh, here's another thing, though. You have that Zach Ertz thing flying around. He's still on the team. Is that something that could maybe be the you, – you give some, you take some, you get rid of Ertz, you get back a linebacker? But you're right. They don't value it that way. Does Jonathan Gannon have a voice? What if he goes? Uh, Jim Schwartz couldn't get one. Is Jonathan Gannon going to be able to step into the room? I, I don't think. I don't think Jim Schwartz ever wanted one. I think uh, he bought yeah. into the no, overall well, legal philosophy of linebackers. Who are linebackers? What are linebackers? I no. bet you he didn't want Davion Taylor though. And that's a name that what? What's Israel going to be? Is he even going to get yeah. playing time, or is he still a project here? I throw Davion Taylor out there and see if he can play. I I've said that from the start. He's so athletic. Maybe he can't play, but I just throw him in the deep end of the pool and say, go. Because they have such a dearth of talent at the linebacker position. And that leads me to my next question, Hunter. It's even worse at corner after Darius Slay. It is, it is the worst situation in the NFL at cornerback after Darius Slay. What the heck is it? Mike Hughes just got traded. A lot of people speculated about him. He he just went to Kansas City, former first-round pick. What can the Eagles do? Can they do something at this stage at the cornerback position? I, I think so. I don't know what the options are going to be. You heard Howie Roseman say, what, there's many different ways to skin a cat. And then he also brought up the fact that, 
He traded for Ronald Darby before. And I mean, yeah. at the time, Ronald Darby wasn't a name that just popped to everybody. You got him from Buffalo and he did okay. And then he ended up becoming a disaster by the end of it all, getting toasted every single play, it felt like. But <laughs> maybe they go down that road. You know, I don't think it's going to be McPherson in the fourth round who's going to get thrown in there. I, I just can't imagine that happening. Is it Avante, uh, Avante Maddox? Is that what they're going to try and trot out there? And that smells like a, a terrible as well. You know, it's like, it's unfortunate, but they keep putting the kid in a position to fail. At five, not you try. Yeah. And I don't know, did that ruin his confidence to go back and play the slot because you keep throwing him out there to play against these bigger receivers? And it's not his fault. You're, you're seriously saying, here's a position where you're not going to succeed. That's what we got for you. And if they do that again, I think that's, that's, that's a bad message for him because – I liked him in the slot. I don't know. Is he great in the slot? Not great, but I think he can hold his own, and maybe there's a confidence issue there. Outside of Slay, he's probably, unfortunately, your best option right now until they make a trade. So, I don't know. Is there something to the Ronald Darby type of move that they can go out and make, whether it's August? He also mentioned Jay Ajayi. That's too deep into the season for my life. Yeah. Not. Yeah. Not that I think this team is going to make some sort of run with this NFC East in general, but I wouldn't want it to be a Jay Ajayi type trade. That That's too deep in for my liking. Yeah, same thing. I think they have to do something well before the in-season trade deadline. Don't count them out in the <laughs> NFC least, though. Let's see those. But they got a tough early schedule. Uh, let's see how it shakes out. And they better have something in place at a time. Is the answer at the shortage at cornerback potentially – Jonathan Uber aggressive Gannon that we've had uh, coach Schwartz here the last couple of years who played a bend, but not break type defense. Uh, I've been around Hunter a little longer than you and same with John. Uh, the Philadelphia fan base loves aggressive defense. They want blitzing. They want the quarterback to eat turf. Is there any chance that Gannon goes that route? The best way to, a cover up for exposed cornerbacks is don't let the ball get downfield. Let's get to the quarterback before it ever gets out of his hand. Could this be an uber aggressive pass rushing Eagle defense this year? Well, one thing that Nick Sirianni keeps stresses, and I know that we're talking about Gannon, but it, it ties together is uh, the personnel. We will do what we do based off of our personnel. Not so much. This is my scheme and we're going to force players to play it. So if you know you have a hole in corner, will that philosophy that the head coach have, will that domino effect to the Jonathan Gannon of, I got to do what's best based off of my personnel. Maybe I would do something different if we had Sertan in the first round and we were able to draft him and I would probably apply a different logic to my scheme. But based off of having those flaws, maybe we do have to lean a little bit heavier on the defensive line, which the Eagles like to do as a whole, as you saw with their third round selection and a bunch of other selections they went with throughout the draft with some of their later round picks. So I think it's a possibility. And, and uh, I, I was a Schwartzman. I was a big fan of Jim Schwartz. I, I, I thought he got, like, he was the scapegoat. There's always scapegoats. If, out of 16 games a year, there's four that probably you'll be like, oh, Jim Schwartz in the sticks. <clears throat> Guess what? I'll take that percentage any day of the week if there's four out of 16. that you're, and look, at the, look at the odds. I, don't know. I just thought that Jim Schwartz got so much heat where he kept you involved in a lot of games. And, hell, I thought last year, for what it was, for the personnel on the field, they actually did a damn good job. But I get, yeah. I also get switching it up at the same time. It's, I'm with you, Hunter. I get, I, I often, I'm, I'm going to steal your Schwartzman. I'm a Schwartzman. I love Jim. 
I think he's one of the best defensive minds in football. I think people are going to see that. Jody is right, though. People in this town, they love blitzing. They love aggressiveness. I think they look at Minnesota. They call it sugaring the A-gaps, where they put Anthony Barr and Eric Kendricks right on top of the center. Oh, but it's Anthony Barr and Eric Kendricks. It's not Alex Singleton and Eric Wilson. Eric Wilson was in Minnesota after Anthony Barr got hurt. He made some plays. I had one personnel guy tell me, he was a 20-point scorer on a bad NBA team. In other words, somebody's got to do it. Um, you don't want those guys blitzing. At what point do people realize sometimes you got to play cover two? Sometimes you got to play cover three because you don't have the talent to do what you want to do on Madden. Yeah, well, I mean, it's 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 funny because you send a blitz with Jim Schwartz and it gets toasted, and then you get screamed that oh, you shouldn't have blitzed and sent the hell. Was it the Atlanta game where it was like the Eagles came back and won? It, maybe it was two years ago. After all these games, the Julio together. game, the Julio yeah. Jones, right? Yeah, it's like yeah. you said, well, why are you doing that? Well, you screamed for the last ninety snaps to send the blitz, and then he finally sends all this pressure, and then ends up getting toasted. And now, oh, well, that's not the time to do it. You can't have it both ways kind of thing. So uh, I'm, I'm with you. I, look, I, could he have set more pressure? Yeah, he could have. I just think it's crazy because what you hear a lot of the time is everyone knows what he's going to do or his yeah. scheme is so yeah. vanilla that it's yeah. like, well, if that's the case and he's still – I'm just saying hypothetically, if that yeah, was the yeah. case where you knew everything Jim Schwartz was going to do and he still had those results, God bless him. Yeah. It, here's the reason why I'm okay with saying maybe they should be more aggressive and blitz. It ties into what Hunter said. Uh, you have to do what your talent level tells you to do. You have to play according. Eagle cornerbacks were bad two years ago, last year, and right now on paper, they stink. So uh, sitting back and playing a soft defense doesn't work when you that, don't have corners that can actually maybe break up a pass if, every if, once in a while. If you can't play zone, Jody, you can't play press coverage. That's why you play zone, because your corners can't play press coverage. That's the whole point of zone. You're you're masking a deficiency. But but you can point out the linebacker, uh, the cornerbacks, you're right. The linebackers were worse. So yeah. and but, is there an art? To, like this is always a debate, and Mike Gill and I used to go back and forth about this on 97.3. Is like the art of blitzing. You can yeah. want to blitz all you want, but yeah. to send a guy just to send a guy, that's, that's great. But there's there's an art to the timing. There's an art to getting off of that jump and making sure you're getting and beating that line. In theory, it's like, oh, just go send more pressure. You actually have to be good at that. To, and did the Eagles yeah. have that personnel to do it? And I will say – Talk about whatever defensive bond you like. Bill Belichick, uh, Mike Zimmer, Jim Swartz, Jonathan Gannon. You can go back to Jim Johnson. You can go back to Buddy Ryan if you want. Every single one of them will tell you, I want to get home with four in, on the pass rush. I want my front four to get home so I don't have to blitz because it's easier to play defense. Now, obviously, it's tough to get home with four especially against teams with good offensive line. So that's where the difficulties come in. But it's also the mentality of the game has changed so much. People love Buddy Ryan. They'll always love Buddy Ryan. That's one of the great defenses of all time. Even Bud Carson, by the way, had a better defense. 
But you can't play defense like that anymore. Got to leave it the past. Yeah, yeah, you absolutely do. And that's why I'm so fascinated with this, everything. It's like uh, kind of like what I talked about from the jump is there are so many que- – you can look at every category of this team and you could probably come up with 15 questions oh, that yeah. really need to be answered. And and Jonathan Gannon is one of them. And there's a lot of intrigue with him because his name was thrown around and everyone's like, ooh, Nick Sirianni. But with Jonathan Gannon, that was a name that a lot of teams had on their list of defensive coordinators. So for him, there maybe there's the, the bar is set a little high for him with – you know, look, he, he was wanted around the league. There were a lot of teams that were interested in, in at least having some interviews with him and, and for him to take that next step. So defensively, because we've been so accustomed to the Jim Schwartz era, what is it going to look like? How is it going to play out? And then with the holes as well is, you know, how do they fill those holes? The, the Jonathan Gannon experience, uh, I can't wait to see how, uh, how he uh, is because I, he's more of that new generation. You just talked about how it's a whole new different defense. And mm. I, I think we have a guy in here that knows that new defense and you're, you're starting to come with the times with this new defense and uh, we'll see how it plays out for sure. Let me flip it over to the offense. We've been talking plenty of defense. I got an offensive question for you, Hunter. One guy who I think needs to have a good season for the Eagles, and certainly the pressure has been ratcheted up on him, if you believe Zach Ertz is going to be elsewhere, is Dallas Goddard, who had a a solid season last year, but was certainly more affected with Carson Wentz than he was with uh, Jalen Hurts. Last three or four games of the year, I don't remember Dallas Goddard making a big catch, certainly not a touchdown. Uh, He's going to be the number one tight end this year but he didn't necessarily flash last year. Different team, different coaching staff, different scheme, but the connection between he and Jalen Hurts didn't jump off the screen or off the field last year. How much can the Eagles expect out of the Hurts and Goddard combination this year? Yeah, it's very fascinating. With Dallas Goddard, everyone likes to throw out there that, like, well, he's he's more athletic than Ertz. And, you know, there's some attributes in him that might be a little bit higher than Ertz. But I don't think his his appeal pops the same way. I don't think he has the defense looking at him the same way they looked at Zach Ertz. Maybe the, uh, the intensity of Zach Ertz is a little bit stronger, even though he might be, quote, more athletic and might be able to do different things than Zach Ertz. I just don't think it's there. The stress level of the other team, he doesn't put as much stress as Zach Ertz did. And uh, maybe I expected to see a little more out of Dallas Goddard from that perspective. I thought maybe there would be more of that there, but also injuries played a role. You know, I don't think he's been the healthiest as well. He's going to have to take a monster leap, in my opinion. Uh, he's shown me flashes that he can do it, but you're, it, and it also comes down to, and I know the 12 personnel has been a topic. What other tight end is there? Is there another tight end? Is it going to be 11 personnel more, which going yeah. back to Devontae Smith, that opens up the field maybe because uh, you, when you look at Ertz is, you know, Ertz has that power where it can affect others on your offense. Is Dallas Goddard a guy that is that strong or just like with Rager is Devontae Smith going to help out Dallas Goddard or is it Dallas Goddard? That's going to open up the rest of the offense. You know what I'm saying? Like, is yeah. he a player that impacts the offense that much? And I thought at one point, maybe that was him. I'm starting to dwindle. Not that that doesn't mean he's not going to be an effective tight end. I think he's an amazing tight end still. But does he does he pop like I thought he was going to pop? I don't know. Maybe he's more of that secondary piece that will benefit more from another wide receiver out there, more so than being that guy that impacts a Jalen Rager, if you will. And it's hard. You're a tight end, not a wide receiver at that type of speed. But as the game changes, 
Tight ends do that now. Travis Kelsey impacts the game that way. Zach Ertz impacted the game that way. The tight end position, now the Kyle Pitts, there's a reason why he went that high. So that is how the game is. I don't know if he has that type of effectiveness, but that doesn't mean he's not going to help out this team extremely at the same time. All right, Hunter, last one from me. I know you got to go do your own show. So I just want to go through all 17 games on the schedule. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. Yeah, win-loss, win-loss. Anything you look at the schedule, anything jump out at you? Yeah, there's a few things, actually. And uh, the well, the fact that there's limited primetime games, not that that's yeah. insanely surprising, but just in terms of the market, it is not so much. Well, you know, you see the reaction. Well, they were a four-win team. What do you expect? It's Philadelphia. It's the Philadelphia Eagles. People watch the Philadelphia Eagles, whether they're a four-win team or not. Yeah. So it's a little crazy. Uh, the backstretch is, is something that made my eyes kind of go up. The lack of travel and how much that can maybe really help this team. I mean, you go to New York. Uh, two times in those last yeah. seven weeks or so. And then you go to Washington. Other than that, you got a lot of home games thrown in there, starting with the Saints in week 11. So I think that there's a possibility. That I think there's – look, I, I don't think this team's going to be crazy good by any means. Uh, I sit in the, the range of like – maybe it's like a six-win team, but it's not horrendous football, if that makes sense. I know it comes down to winning or losing, but uh, the – Last year, you wanted to like literally scratch your eyes out. You, you could not watch it. It was that bad. I think it's possible to be a six-win team and be excited for Nick Sirianni and Jonathan Gannon for the following year. It's that setup year where you can at least nod your head and go, okay, I can see something for the future. At least that's my optimism with the Nick Sirianni-Jalen Hurts tandem of the results might not be there win-loss-wise, but you go, okay. I, I can see, or you just learn more about your team for the following year to to kind of take the proper assessment from there. But yeah, that's it uh, with the with the back stretch of that season, and then seeing the Chiefs and the Bucks within a three week span. I, it seems it might come out to a slow start, and then the possibility of making up for that later on with that Lions, Vegas. I, I see spurts in the schedule that at least make me feel like there's a chance to string a couple wins together, maybe. We'll see how that all plays out during the fall, but we got to get through training camp and actually seeing Eagles out there on the field, which starts today. Hunter, appreciate you coming on board with us today. Uh, brought the energy. Thanks, my friend. We will get you on again down the road. Absolutely. I didn't even have my coffee yet. Now I got to go brew that for the show. <laughs> that's, this is no coffee, and that's weird because I drink – I'm a good eight to nine cups a day guy. Oh, there we go. Yeah, and this is, well, this is we'll no make caffeine. sure we'll make sure we schedule you early again because yeah, if exactly. we put you on in the second hour, it could we could have issues. On a good yeah. stuff, appreciate you coming on board. Thanks, bud. Absolutely, Anytime. thanks, guys. Our pleasure. It's the Mac and Mac guys here on Birds Three Sixty Five. Another good guest yet to come. My guess is he won't be quite as excitable as Hunter, uh, but just as insightful. Zach Berman, uh, athletic uh, Eagle Beat guy, is going to join us in our second hour. We're coming right back here on Birds 365. Stick around. If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob Media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home. Available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fot. What's that? Huck and Fot. 
Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods, your vacation, your way. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. In the Wildwoods, our free beaches are spacious and welcoming with plenty of room to spread out. Your seat will be waiting for you when you're ready to visit the Wildwoods, creating cherished family memories for generations. Jody Mack, the legendary sports talker, joins forces with NFL insider John McMullen. Start your morning with Johnny Mack and Jody Mack across the Jacob Media Network. A football Friday edition of Birds 365. John McMullen, Jody McDonald, your Mac and Mac guys here with you. Uh, Eagle camp getting underway today. Rookies officially showing up. John will uh, find out later today if they're all under contract, if they're most under contract. We know the undrafted rookies have all signed contracts, but those that the Eagles selected on the three days of the NFL draft, we haven't gotten word yet. There have been times where guys have shown up and said, well, I'll work out. I'll take the risk, but I'm just not ready to sign a contract because they're looking to short me a little bit. Probably not going to happen today. Either they'll be signed or uh, maybe someone will be notable by their absence. We'll find that out with uh, Johnny Mac later. Um, uh, before we get back to the Eagles, John, I got to ask you this question. Because I, when I don't know something, I go to people that I believe know something that that have the answer to my questions i'm smart enough to ask questions to people i believe have the answers what the heck is hockenfah hocken but you know i finally figured it out um because krause has been asking me that same thing so it's hockenfah krause's been asking you yeah so, so he, he, says, wait, wait, wait. he did the commercial. He didn't know no, what it no, was. No, 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 no. He knows what it means, but he's been trying to get me to figure out what it means. I finally figured out what it means. Please you change. Explain. You change the H and the F, and you get the answer. So Huck and Pot put the F 
in front of the H, in other words, change oh, the it's, H. It's M O T on the end? Yes. Huckin' Fox. Fox. Huckin' Fox. So if you turn it around and put the F in front of Huckin' and the H in front of Ot, we could say it on this show, the streaming right, show. Yeah, not not on any of my radio shows. No. The the product uh, and and it's great beef jerky, fucking hot. So there you have it. Okay, fucking fine. I I that I I feared something like that. I thought that was the case, but I just wanted to confirm it with a. Are you a beef jerky uh, devotee? I am now. Yes, I am. Okay. I, I it, yeah, I've had it. Everyone, if you need some protein, you're on the go. Yeah, you gotta have it. You gotta I, have I, it today. I gotta go to rookie camp. I gotta have something. Yeah, you, you better get some huck and fight in you before you get over there to the uh, Eagle Land and and cover today's uh, rookie stuff. Well, we thank Hunter for hopping on. He was huck and fight with us. Uh, that's for damn sure. Uh, today, he's that kind of a personality. Um, he had some interesting insights on the Eagles, and we talked a lot more offense than we did. Uh, excuse me, a lot more defense today yeah. than we did offense. But I want to follow up on the offense with you because I am starting to get, I don't want to say worried or concerned, but I'm at least questioning how the tight end position. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's going to work out for the Philadelphia Eagles this year. We all think that we can speculate on what kind of offense is going to be run here and what is Nick Sirianni going to implement. Who knows? We don't know until they get out there on the field uh, and actually display it. We know the tight end position has been a big deal for the Doug Peterson offense these last several years. And, and Dallas Goddard was a big part of that. But it was in conjunction with Zach Ertz. Now he's stepping up to that number one role. Is he ready to handle that? Is it going to be a big deal in the Nick Sirianni-led offense? Is this going to be much more three and or four wide receiver sets how does Dallas Goddard shape the Eagles offense or the Eagles offense shape Dallas Goddard this year? Yeah, I, I think he's going to have a really good year. I, I think Dallas Goddard, number one, I think he's a really good player. Um, but I think he was playing out of position a lot when Zach was here because Zach is one of the great receiving tight ends of all time. You can say that. He, he, he is – a phenomenal receiver. That's also the strength of Dallas Goddard. Dallas, however, happens to also be a very good blocker. So in a lot of ways, it hurt him because Zach is not a very good blocker. Uh, he's worked very hard over the years. Uh, he's gotten to the point where he's capable at times, but we're never going to look at him and say he's going to move people. He's going to do a good job as a blocker. Um, Dallas was sort of a natural at it. So the Eagles said, oh, man, we can play him on the line. He can block some people, and Zach Ertz is a glorified flex receiver, fit in perfectly. Um, but Dallas is really athletic. I, if you go back to his college tape, he was never asked to block uh, at, at a lower level. Uh, he was a great receiver, split out, uh, 
better athlete than Zach Ertz. Um, so I think he's going to be tremendous now that he's sort of gotten the shackles off, so to speak, and he'll be the number one tight end and he'll be a good receiver. But as far as Doug Peterson and, and using two tight ends, look, Doug has told me flat out, he played 12 personnel because of the two tight ends he had. He would have preferred to play 11 personnel more, but he didn't have the receivers to do it. Uh, and that's the goal. The goal is to get more receivers on the field, more athleticism, more explosiveness. Doug Peterson would have preferred to use one tight end more than he did, uh, but he had two good ones, so he used them. And I, I, I tell the story all the time, Jody. We, we have a, a, a beat writer's pool picking the roster at the end of a training camp, the final 53. Now, I was the reigning champion uh, and, and, and coming into a year where uh, I lost by one. And I lost by one because I picked the third tight end. This was the year the Eagles only kept two tight ends, Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. And they cut Richard Rodgers, uh, and it surprised me, and that's why I lost. That's why I wasn't a back-to-back champion. Uh, I tell this story, not to brag, I tell this story for a reason, because I said, You're, you play all this 12 personnel. So I asked Doug, what, what, you know, you need a backup tight end if you're going to play so much 12. Right. He said, I only play 12 because of the two guys I have. If they get hurt, I'm not playing 12. So that's the point. And – yeah, from Nick Sirianni's standpoint, he wants receivers on the field. And he wants, obviously, Devontae Smith, obviously, Jalen Rager. We'll see who that number three is. But they want to play more 11 personnel. So, so if, if uh, let me let me uh, take it here. If Dallas Goddard were to go down in-game a week, a couple weeks away. Then it's a problem. Uh, are we talking four wide receivers down in and down out? Is that what we're going to? No. With the I Nick mean, Sirianni offense, do you believe that the backup tight end will be no one? Now you got to, uh, we're only a couple of weeks away from you having to put down an Eagle roster again. Are you going with one tight end this year? No, no, no. They have tons of bodies at tight end. They just don't have proven bodies. So, I mean, we're talking about the undrafted guys. One of the undrafted guys coming in is Jack Stoll from Nebraska. A lot of people had him as a draftable commodity. So, you know, he's more of an inline tight end. I look at that and I say, every year you look at, is an undrafted free agent going to make this roster? He's, he's one of the guys I focus in on because he's a fit, uh, especially if you move on from Zach Ertz. So you kick Dallas Goddard out to that flex position, and then you have an inline tight end who can block, and that's what Stoll is. We'll see if he can develop into anything. That's for down the road. But, yeah, they have tons of guys. They have Caleb Wilson still here. Chrome uh, is still here. I talk about Jackson all the time. Uh, Tyree Jackson used to play quarterback at Buffalo. Hakeem Butler used to play wide receiver at Indiana State. On and on and on. They got a ton of bodies. Somebody's going to be here to play tight end, but they're not proven. Here's the reason why I brought the Goddard thing up. And I, I brought it up just because I was thinking about it, but then I double-checked it with the numbers. I knew what my uh, feeling was and off the top of my head, but it kind of confirmed with the numbers. Uh, Gotti did not play the final week of the season against Washington, but the three games that Jalen Hurts started that he did play 
against New Orleans, biggest win of the season, probably the only real impressive win of the season that the Eagles had last year. He had six targets, made four catches for 43 yards. Okay, nothing special. Surely didn't catch a touchdown pass, 43 yards on four catches. The next week against Arizona, eight targets, four catches, 39 yards. So even less. His long catch was only 16 yards. And against Dallas in their 37-17 loss, three targets. He caught all three balls that came his way. Give him credit for it. But for a grand total of 36 yards. So his highest yard total uh, total in the three games he played with Dallas Garden, this is, of course, without uh, Ertz, was 43 yards. That's not exactly screaming. Great connection between the new starting quarterback and the tight end. Does that give you any pause for concern? What what we talked about with Hunter, I was talking about Devontae Smith. You need the other end of the equation. This is not a high-volume thrower. In, in other words, I'm saying if you have a guy who pushes the football down the field, those numbers are going to be better. So there's two, two parts of any equation when you start talking about numbers and receivers. The Eagles right now, the Eagles last year, and the Eagles projecting this year, yeah, they're going to throw it underneath a lot. They're going to throw it underneath a lot. The ceiling of Jalen Hurts as a player isn't a guy who's going to stand in the pocket and push the football down the field. So those numbers, his his strength as a quarterback are going to affect the numbers of the receivers. Dallas Goddard, Devontae Smith, Jalen Rager. That's why I said if you're expecting 1,400 yards like Justin Jefferson for Devontae Smith, you're going to be sorely uh, disappointed. You have to temper your expectations and understand who's throwing the football. It is not the high volume, forty-five hundred yard passer. So it works on both ends, Jody. It does. I hear you. Um, and I actually, I guess, I got a little bit more confidence in Jalen Hurts and his ability to throw the football down the field. Uh, the NFL catch rate pushed the ball down the field. Um, I think he's got the capabilities to throw a little bit more rather than dink and dunk and underneath and the like. I'm trying to find a comparison, a guy coming out of college. And I know Jalen Hurts is now a year removed from coming out of college. but We've only got three and change games under our belt as the weekend do in the National Football League. I'll just as much revert to his college activity at both Alabama and Oklahoma to try and determine in my mind what kind of a quarterback uh, guy he is. I'm trying to think of a guy who I didn't remember pushing the ball downfield in the National Football League, became a starting quarterback in the NFL, started to push the ball down the field, and now is absolutely known as a guy who can push the ball down the field. I'm trying to remember back to uh, the scouting reports I read, had believed in, on Russell Wilson. He wasn't necessarily a guy who pushed the ball down the field coming out of uh, either way you want to state it, North Carolina State and or Wisconsin. That way he's like Jalen Hurts. You got two college careers for to judge him off. I don't remember anybody saying when they, yeah, but Russell Wilson, third round pick, but man, he can push the ball down the field. I don't remember anybody saying that about Russell Wilson. And today he is oh, one of the best at pushing pick. it down. No, the yeah, he, he, he arguably has the best deep ball in the NFL. Josh Allen, you could go even closer, um, you know, the knock on him, but he was a, obviously a high level pick was his accuracy and his inability to get the ball down the field. Now he's, chucking it all over the place. It can happen. Um, I 
you know, it, it's usually a process, though. Uh, if you think about Russell Wilson, even his success, you know, those early Seattle teams, they were they were built on the running game, uh, a lot of it, Marshawn Lynch. And then he started to develop into this great passer later in his career. And then you have all the hindsight and people saying, well, if he were 6'4", he would have been a first-round pick. That's not what they were saying at the time. So I agree with you, and you can certainly develop. But it's a development, and it's probably not going to happen year two. And that's why I say this team, look, Miles Sanders has to have a big year as a runner. Um, I think you have to take advantage of, of Jalen Hurts' impact with his legs as well. Could he be that type of Russell Wilson? That's the guy they compared him to, Jody. So that's what they're looking at. But if you look at Russell's career, that was that was a development. He was not a high-volume thrower early in his career. True. And when you got beast mode to hand it off behind you, it does make it easier uh, for you to not worry about pushing the ball down the field. I Another question I asked uh, Hunter that you and I hadn't gotten a chance to talk about was this rumor about Jordan Hicks, that the Arizona Cardinals have given him and his agent permission to be able to go out and seek a trade if they so desire Eagle, uh, excuse me, the Cardinals apparently ready to turn uh, their linebacker position over to their first-round draft pick. I thought Hicks had a damn good year. Did I watch every snap of the Cardinals last year? I did not. But I saw enough, and I saw his stats, and when I did watch the Cardinals, I specifically noted him making some pretty damn good plays. He's been a good linebacker for the Cardinals. He's a couple years further down the road. His contract is... Okay, it's not outrageous. He's only going to make $3 million this year. He's scheduled to make $6 million the year after. But if you're going to give him permission to talk to another team, it might be to renegotiate and maybe make the contract a little bit more friendly if he wants to get out of Arizona. Have the Eagles with a new coaching staff actually upgraded the value on the linebacker position in your eyes? Not yet. But, I mean, they did sign Eric Wilson. I, I do think they want to look at Davion Taylor and, and Sean Bradley and see what they have as far as athleticism. They're certainly looking for a type of linebacker. You look at even Jacoby Stevens moving from safety at LSU to linebacker at the NFL level. They moved Jannard Avery. They're moving Patrick Johnson to linebacker, so they want sort of a a big Sam linebacker as well. So I see some philosophy shifts. The question is, do they believe in the guys they have? Do they believe that Alex Singleton is a three down linebacker? Do they believe that Eric Wilson is a three down linebacker? If they do, I don't, I don't think they want Jordan Hicks because he's going to be a Mike linebacker. He's going to be the guy out there. I do think the contract is not nearly as bad as I thought it was. Um, so it's not as cost prohibitive. Uh, I think it would tell you a lot if they have any interest. He, I think Jordan turns 29 next month. Yep. Um, it's not the type of player they necessarily want at this stage, but if you know, you have to get rid of, of, of Zach Ertz anyway. Um, you know, if you could work out that kind of deal, uh, there's a lot of ifs here. You know, we don't even know if Arizona would have any interest. That's a lot of money. 
for a tight end that's aging, coming off an injury-prone year. So it might not be a fit from their perspective. I'd love to see Jordan Hicks back here. I think he's better than anything they have at linebacker, but that doesn't make it a fit, Jody. Agreed. Now, let me uh, tie into Zach Ertz. And we haven't really talked about this. We just talked about he's still here. He's still here. He's still here. Every day gone by because uh, over the last several months, this is the week. This is the week that Zach Ertz is going to become an ex-Eagle. And, of course, he's still here. After June 1st, when the Eagles establish what their cap hit's going to be when they trade him, um, do you think they'll go down the road of giving permission? They probably already have. Oh, will, already Zach, have. Mm-hmm. will Zach Ertz be willing to renegotiate his contract just to get out of town here and make it more cap friendly for whatever team he's going to go to? I think he would. But usually with players, uh, that involves some kind of extension. Um that involves some type of guaranteed money. So there's always a give and take, but yeah, I, you know, Zach doesn't want to be here. So I think he would grease the skids as much as he could. Now, I don't think he's going to take a veteran minimum contract. Uh, He still wants to be played, paid like a, a top tier tight end in the NFL. And that's, that's a problem at this stage because everybody's budgeted. I mean, everybody's already, sort of come up with their plans. So it's difficult from both sides of the fence. It's difficult for the Eagles. It's difficult to Zach Ertz, to be honest. And he probably, not probably, I know, he wishes this would have got done much, much sooner. But the Eagles wanted value. Doesn't look like they're going to be able to get value. All right, so let's play this game a little bit. And we got Zach Berman joining us coming up in just a couple minutes. But quick, you and I, um, be. Zach's agent, and I'll be all the teams around the National Football League. Zach's agent goes out and sells Zach to a team. Hey, you can do this. You still do this. We're willing to work with you, but the guaranteed money still got to be good. And we want to stay in that range as a top play tight end. And he talks to eight teams, 10 teams, 12 teams. And none of them are willing to get anywhere close to the kind of money that Zach wants and or Zach believes he should get. Well, you know that there's a possibility that if the Eagles can't get anything in return for to him, for him, when push comes to shove, they're going to release him. Yeah. And then you are out there on the open market, and then you are completely at the disposal of what other general managers think of you. Will that potentially move it along to get Zach to a place that he wants to go, that he can actually do better as far as his contract goes, in a trade than if he hits the open market as a free agent? Well, I don't think he can do better if that's what you're asking. If he gets cut, he's not going to make as much money. I I mean, then that's just the the reality he'll come to. I mean, that's just the way it's going to work because of the timing uh, and just what I said about teams have already kind of set up their budgets for the season. So if it gets to June 1st, and that's where we all think it's going to get, and the Eagles are going to be forced to release him, yeah, he's going to be paying for less money on than that's on his current contract. That's just right, the way I'm, it works. I'm, I'm going to go back down this road one more time. I say this, and then I'll do it next week. You're not going to renegotiate his deal here, if that's what you're saying. No, I don't think that's going to happen. Did the Eagles just try and mend fences? Mm-hmm. If, I, if, they, if they need something, Howie Roseman feels he needs to save face. He, they drafted Ertz where they did. He was the all-time one receiver, uh, one season receiver. I got to get some kind of draft compensation for this guy. I can't cut him. 
well, then do you attempt to say, well, Zach, we kind of need you back. You've gone out. You've investigated. Apparently, the Philadelphia Eagles still rate you higher than any other football team. And we're willing to at least honor the contract to pay you what you're scheduled to make. But you got to tell us you want to be back there. You want to join the new Nick Sirianni team. If you do, we're going to be good. Come on into camp. We'll hug. We'll kiss. We'll move on and get this thing restarted. Any chance that happens? You never say never uh, because he is under contract and they carried that contract this far. Right. uh, And they have done all that. So they worked out all their significant problems to be able to carry it. I just keep coming back. And we've had a lot of people on the show, Jody, and we've all been in concert for a reason. Uh, Zach doesn't want to be here. Uh, Can the Eagles make that one last call? I guess, I guess he's a professional. Maybe that's what Howie Roseman is counting on at the end of the day. Maybe he'll just be a professional, but I I think both. No, 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 no. Here's what, and let's make this the first question we asked Zach Berman. I don't think it comes down to professionalism. I think it comes down to the Eagles might be his best fiscal option. That if you think he's going to go on to the open market and teams aren't going to be willing to pay him good money, we know what he's scheduled to make with the Eagles this year. That could absolutely be higher than what anybody else is willing to go. Will Zach be willing to just say, all right, let's work on this to get the biggest payday? Well, the second part is, Jody, I think the Eagles have also budgeted with the realization that they're going to get uh, extra money after June 1st on the salary cap. So that's part of it from their perspective. I think both sides have moved on. It's just a question of where it ends. That's that's what I believe. We'll get to that with Zach Berman. He's scheduled to join us next. Athletic Eagles beat reporter. Going to hop aboard. Birds 365. If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob Media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home. Available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods, your vacation, your way. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. 
IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. In the Wildwoods, our free beaches are spacious and welcoming with plenty of room to spread out. Your seat will be waiting for you when you're ready to visit. The Wildwoods, creating cherished family memories for generations. Jody Mack, the legendary sports talker, joins forces with NFL insider John McMullen. Start your morning with Johnny Mack and Jody Mack across the Jacob Media Network. A football Friday edition of Birds 365 with your Mac and Mac guys, John McMullen and Jody McDonald. Joining us up now, one of the best in the biz. The biz being following the Eagles, reporting on the Eagles, covering the Eagles on the Eagle Beat. He's been doing it for years. He's doing it these days for the Athletic. Our buddy Zach Berman hops aboard with us here on Birds 365. Are you ready for some football, Zach Berman? I've been ready for months, so I am eager to, as Doug Peterson used to say, get on the grass, right? I'm eager to see these guys in person. I've I've spoken to Nick Sirianni a few times, but I've never physically seen him in person. So eager to see him, eager to see Devontae Smith, eager to see John McMullen, eager to uh, <laughs> to get the band back together, so to speak. So looking, to, I'm looking forward to getting out there. Yeah, it's exciting, Zach. We even get to get in the media house. I'm excited about that. I haven't seen it in so long. But uh, <laughs> uh, a little inside baseball for people. But what ob- other than the obvious, and Devontae Smith, I think, is number one, what are you most excited to see about on the field with Nick Sirianni? Is it just how he handles things? Is it one of the players? What do, what are you most looking for? Sure, and I I go into it recognizing we're getting a limited sample size, right? We're not there the full practice, and they don't want to have the full team out there. But I I want to see Nick Sirianni's presence. You know, you I I've always tried to remember during these past few months. There's a difference between someone when they're on kind of the, they're at the lectern or behind, you know, or on, on, on a podium in a formal press conference. And when they're actually coaching the team, doing what they're hired to do, I want to see him on the field, interacting with players, interacting with other coaches, um, the energy that he has, how authentic is it when he's out there? Uh, how are his practices different than Doug Peterson's? How are they different than Chip Kelly's? How are they different than Andy Reid's? I used to cover the Giants. How are they different than Tom Coughlin's? Uh, every coach kind of has their own flavor. And so for however long we're on the field, that's what I want to observe. I, I kind of want to see Nick Sirianni's presence. Let me ask you about that relationship between the head coach and his staff and the interaction that you will be able to pick up on for the first time at a uh, I, I'm almost not willing to call it a practice. There's not going to be specific drills. It's kind of just going to be like get guys out there running through drills rather than actually working on plays or stuff like that. But the interaction between the head coach and the assistant coach is certainly going to be there today. Is there something that you look for? Does it need to be? Because let's be honest, the thing that matters is results on Sundays. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter. There's, There's no way given way to skin a cat. 
that the relationship has to work, but there can be things that you can pick up on that you think are good, are good signs, will work well. What are you looking for, the relationship between Sirianni and the rest of his staff? Sure. So I'll, I'll answer this not just today, but but kind of the the summer overall or the spring and summer overall is is you can see the autonomy uh, that Jonathan Gannon might have based on the allocation of time of, of Nick Sirianni. And that's something you look at the Eagles previous two head coaches, for instance, uh, Jim Schwartz had a lot of autonomy. Doug Peterson spent so much time with the offense during practice, with the quarterbacks during practice. Uh, Bill Davis had autonomy when Chip Kelly was well. Jerry Azanero had a big presence too, but you know, the, on the way Chip Kelly allocated his his time, you can see that. So in terms of interactions with the staff, where Nick Sirianni spends his time and how much of a uh, how much time is he with the defense, where is really Jonathan Gannon, the head coach of the defense? So you can see that interaction. Um, you can see the interaction between position coaches and players. Um, some are more vocal. Some are more stoic. There's, there's, there's different ways for them to handle it. But, you know, uh, again, I don't want to overstate what we're seeing today, but certainly, you know, it's, it's much different when they're on the field organically doing their jobs as opposed to as a staged press conference or even phone conversations. All right, uh, Zach, we haven't gotten to talk to you since the draft, so I do want to get your sort of overall view of, of, of what you saw. To me, I know I was concerned about cornerback, most people are, but sort of your your immediate takeaways from the hall as a whole. Sure. And, and then I wanted to get your thoughts on your colleague at The Athletic because it was interesting. Is it Adam Johns who covers the Bears? Yeah. Yes. It was interesting. Um, Ryan Pace, at least at some point, thought the Eagles were going up to get Justin Fields. Yes, I'm, 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 I'm glad you asked this because this the second question uh, really ties into my first question. Or my the second answer ties into my first answer, first I should answer, say. Right. And, 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 and that's this. You won't find anyone who would object to the Eagles taking Devontae Smith. Like as a player, as a prospect, the, the I understand you can have – uh, reservations about his size, but in terms of like the player himself, mm-hmm. uh, it's as like as as uniform as 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 you can find in terms of praise and approval for the pick. Where I would look at it though is how many years are you drafting that high in a year when five quarterbacks go in the top fifteen and you're on the clock um, with Justin Fields there. Now, if they're right about Jalen Hurts, or if they have a plan B. <clears throat> Um, or if if they were not sold on Justin Fields, then all of those could be plausible scenarios for them not taking the quarterback. But I all if if you don't have a surefire answer on quarterback, if you're passing on a prospect like Justin Fields, you need to be sure that he, either he's not the guy or you have another plan because no matter how good a prospect Devontae Smith is, if the Eagles are going into the next year's draft trying to figure out the quarterback situation and Justin Fields becomes a high level quarterback. That's something the Eagles could live to regret. So I, I look at the first round and I, uh, the, the thing that I'll always look at if, if it was me and again, I'm not paid to evaluate these players. I, you know, but Justin Fields, I think is a better prospect than Jalen hurts. Um, I would have had a hard time passing on Justin Fields. Uh, clearly the Eagles were not in that market. And you could probably tell because when they traded back from six, I took that as their admission that they're not playing the quarterback market. 
agreed on all fronts uh, except for one. Oh, you're absolutely paid to evaluate these players. It may not be direct, but in your writings, you do have to do sure. that. Uh, you gave us three potential scenarios. I'm going to ask you, which one do you think is most likely? Either A, they don't rate fields the way you just kind of stated you rate fields. I'm absolutely going to include myself in that because I thought Justin Fields was the number two player in the draft. Yeah, I thought indeed, the Jets could have taken him at two. Uh, so the Eagles, through their actions, proved that they didn't rank him that high. They really have that much faith in Jalen Hurts that they think they found the diamond in the rough and he's going to be their quarterback for the next 10 years. Or they love their position of all the draft picks they have to make a move to plan B come next year, be it veteran or rookie. Which one do you think was the driving force in their decision by staying yeah. out of the quarterback market this offseason? So I've 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 heard John McMullen talk about this in terms of optionality. And I, I really think it's it's the combination. So it's having the option of either Jalen Hurts becoming that quarterback or having the option of acquiring the quarterback either via trade or the draft. In other words, I don't think they wanted to tie themselves down to a first-round quarterback this year, uh, I think that was more the the motivation. I don't think it was them saying, we think Jalen Hurts is going to be the guy. I don't think it was them saying, we're going to trade for Deshaun Watson or we like the 2022 class more than the 2021 class. I think it was them saying, we're not ready to tie ourselves down. to If, if you take Justin Fields, he's your guy for the next few years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think after the Carson Wentz experience – uh, and with a, a in a draft cycle where there was less information, and frankly speaking, they probably spent less time on quarterbacks this season than they might have in the past. Um, and there's a new coach. I think they would much rather have the option of of those two other things I said of Jalen Hurts becoming the guy for you, and you having a starting quarterback on a rookie contract, or you having those draft picks to trade for someone uh, like an established veteran who it's either a name we're talking about or someone emerges next offseason, or having the option to trade up in the draft next year. So I just don't think they wanted to tie themselves down to a quarterback this year. That's that's my opinion. Zach, speaking of those established veterans, Deshaun Watson won't die in, in the, the connection with the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, Diana Rossini was on this morning talking about it. We talked about Peter King, and that was more speculation. Your old colleague, Jeff McClain, at the Inquirer uh, reported the Eagles have interest in Deshaun Watson if things get cleared up. Jason Lockin for on and on and on. How much smoke is there to this fire? Is that the guy? We all know the, the legal implications. We yeah. all know that has to be cleared up. But is that the guy the Eagles really want? Well, I, I, I guess the way I, I, I would answer it is, is this way, because there's obviously a, a lot of variables there that go beyond football that, that um, need to be considered, and, and they obviously need to, to either wait it out or take that all into account. Um, all things being equal from a football perspective, this is an organization that is always going to look to upgrade a quarterback um, if, if, if they're not tied down to, to, to one person. Like, they're – I don't think that there is there is not a, a quarterback upgrade, whether it's Deshaun Watson, who we're all talking about, whether it's Russell Wilson, if he ever became available, whether it's it's someone who, who could ask to come loose next offseason. The Eagles are going to be in that market. They've positioned themselves for it. 
Um, they have the draft picks. The, the Eagles and the Dolphins um, could probably put together the best package when you look at draft picks, when you look at potentially young quarterbacks if, if they had to move on. Um, so I, I would never rule out the Eagles from going after uh, a top quarterback in the situation they're in. I, I don't think I, – I know there's some people out there who are saying the Eagles are hitching their wagon to Jalen Hurts. I don't think that. I think the Eagles are hitching their wagon to having options at quarterback. And from a football perspective, Desha- uh, Deshaun Watson is like as as he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And if you can get a guy like that and you're and those other variables, you you have the answers to them um, or you're comfortable with them, whatever it may be, um, then certainly that's something that I can't imagine they would not consider. Zach, since we're in quarterback mode, we might as well stay there. Um, I know we haven't uh, had you on in a couple of weeks. I'm pretty sure we didn't talk about it. Uh, first time we had you on, but Carson Wentz in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. His head coach has come out and said he doesn't believe that Jalen Hurts in the head of Carson Wentz was the reason that Carson struggled. He believes he'll get right back to the level he was at when they were tied to the up here in Philadelphia. Good luck with that. Um for me, the Colts haven't really done a whole hell of a lot to add to the offensive side of the ball this offseason, either in the draft or free agent signing. It's just going to kind of be plug and play with Carson Wentz. Is Frank Wright going to cash those chips at the end of this season? Well, I think the Colts offensive line um, is that's a good group as it was. They obviously lost Costanzo and then they signed Eric Fisher. Now he's coming off a major injury. So we'll see how, how, how that goes. But I, I, you're right in, in the sense that a uh, Boward's MO is, is not to, to go out and sign a, a lot of free agents. He's, he's going to tr- trust his draft process. They spent a second round pick last year on Michael Pittman. Um, they, they, they have guys that they've, that they've tried to develop here. Uh, they obviously like for, of, of Frank Reich in his scheme. And I, I think what, what they're really hoping for is it's not just being in Frank Reich's scheme. It's just the change of scenery. I think there was a lot of baggage here in Philadelphia, not just the Jalen Hurts thing, but certainly the Jalen Hurts thing was one component. But all that went into these past few years with Carson Wentz, there, uh, he, was, he was under a, a microscope. Um, I think from his perspective, he felt like uh, – there was a lot thrust on him, um, and 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 so I I think uh, it'll be a cleaner opportunity. I I think they're just hoping that a fresh start is what 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 Carson Wentz needs. And, and when Carson Wentz is right, there are a few quarterbacks in the league who can play as as well as him. He's just he hasn't been at that level in the past you know year and a half, and and that's the Colts are are really gambling on. All right, Zach, I want to shift sides of the ball with you. I do want to talk about the defense, and I want to talk about the cornerback position because mm-hmm. opposite Darius Slay, we've talked about it a lot. Uh, the Eagles didn't go corner until the fourth round with Zach McPherson. You saw a, a trade. Some people speculated maybe Mike Hughes could be that trade pickup. He goes to Kansas City. Howie's talked about Ronald Darby in 2017. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to add a body. Where does that body come from? And do they need, absolutely need to add a body? Yeah. So look, I'll, I'll give Howie credit in, in this, the, the 2017 example with Ronald Darby, that's, he's absolutely right. Because after the draft in 2017, and I, I, I will raise my hand here. It is a question that I had 
for him, for the organization, what are you doing at cornerback? During training camp that year, that was a question. What are you doing at cornerback? Uh, and they kept saying, you know, we don't play tomorrow. And look, they they made that trade for Darby. That's, that's my way of answering that uh, I think that the starting cornerback opposite of, of, of Darius Slay is not on the roster yet. Now, perhaps they get to camp and they like McPherson or they like Avante Maddox or they think Michael Jaquette is a, is a hidden gem um, or perhaps they make a move before then. But I, I, I don't think the Eagles are looking at their depth chart right now and saying, yeah, this is our, our group for week one against Atlanta. Um, I, I think there is some wait and see to it. And I think there is some scanning the market and, and whether it's free agency or whether it's trade. Uh, but I think they'll be aggressive at that spot. And I think they have to be, but we'll see how it shakes out. But I got to say this again. I said it yesterday. I'll say it again. Keep referring back to the Ronald Darby. I know he was a cornerback on the team when they won the Super Bowl, but that's what we're staking our reputation on. The Phenomenal acquisition on, of Cody Ronald Darby. They Let's won a look Super at the Bowl big picture. His entire yeah. time here with the Eagles was nothing to write home about. Well, well, no, I I don't know if it's the player as yeah, much as the process there. Well, yeah. I mean, they they acquired a. I, I think at the time he was twenty three or twenty four. They acquired a twenty three, twenty four year old starting quarterback. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, starting cornerback. Um, after the the first preseason game, and 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 so I I think what what his 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 point was is that um, from the outside sometimes there's this idea that when you finish with free agency and you're finished with the draft that's your group for the year and him saying well that's that's not the group for the year and and I he's to his credit um, he has been aggressive after the draft um, during training camp they've made how many trades during the past few years in training camp now some of them are inconsequential um, but but some of them are are moves of of note. Howie's not the type of GM who says this is my roster, this is my depth chart. We're going to stick with these guys. Uh, he'll he will tinker if he needs to tinker, and I think he needs to tinker. All right, Zach. We always have to bring up Zach Ertz because he's still here. So mm-hmm. I I mean it's May. Where are we? May thirteenth, May fourteenth, fourteenth. Yep. May fourteenth. He's still here. June first looming. Yep. Is there any chance? The Eagles just say, all right, when Zach just says, I'll play out my final year, go to free agency, or have the Eagles budgeted that money post-June 1st, is there any way that Zach Ertz is here next season? Look, I didn't think he'd be on the roster May 14th, so I I don't want to definitively say he's not going to be on the roster week one, but I would still be very surprised he's he's going to be on the, on the roster week one, and I... I can't speak for Zach Ertz, obviously, but um, but I I think that he would probably prefer to be in a, a a different situation. Look, the Eagles have Dallas Goddard here. I, I think Dallas Goddard's going to be featured in this offense. Um, there, if 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 Zach Ertz is playing out the final year of his deal, there there might be situations that are 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 better for him than this one. And I think he's he's probably earned that right to to. Uh, to be in trade talks. I, I don't think he's a part of the Eagles future. Um, so I, I would still be surprised if he's on the team. I, I know that, you know, if, if you're going to trade someone, you need a trade partner and it, it it's, I, Howie, you guys know how he is. I, he, he doesn't want to let go of a player for, for, 
for nothing. Um, so he'll hold out for for leverage here, Howie. Um, but uh, I would still be surprised if Ertz is on the team week one. All right, Zach, I want to get your take on the running back position. Mm-hmm. We've got Miles Sanders. And then the Eagles have been at least somewhat aggressive in finding other pieces to the running back puzzle. They picked one up off the scrap heap, uh, claimed on waivers. They re-signed a veteran guy who had been here before and will be here again. And they also used a draft pick, I think a value draft pick, fifth rounder to grab a running back. Uh, We like your opinion on all three of those guys. But more importantly for me, start with, what does it say about Miles Sanders? That they have done as much with the running back position transactionally during this offseason. Does it tell us something about how they're viewing Miles Sanders going into the year? No, not at all. Uh, 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 because none of these moves, frankly, were, were, were high leverage moves. Um, I mean, Jordan Howard, there's, there's no guarantee he's on the roster. A fifth round pick. I mean, you're talking about Clayton Thorson, right? Like, like they've, they've cut fifth round picks before. No, I, 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 I say that meaning like, I, I think, I think, uh, I think Gainwell is a good prospect, but, but that's if, if they drafted, um, you know, ATN, you know, in the first, you know, or if, if, if they spent a second round pick on someone, it's a different conversation. I think a, a day three pick at, at running back is right in the wheelhouse of, of where you would expect them to invest. And then carry on Johnson, that's them being opportunistic. Um, you know, that's, uh, uh, if, if carry on Johnson had a big market, I think a team would have traded for him, right? Cause he, he's, he's, he's been available. The Eagles were smart to claim him off, off waivers, uh, because there's, there's, there's no guarantee, in terms of the contract right now. And, uh, and he's, he's 23 years old. He was a second round pick in 2018. I, I don't think any of this has to say, I, I, I don't think this indicates their level of commitment to Miles Sanders, but look, when, when Sanders was, was banged up last year, that was not a good group behind him. Um, Boston Scott's, uh, uh, he's, he's had some nice moments here and he's a fine complimentary player, but you need, if, if if Miles Sanders is is down, or even as a compliment in games, you need more in that backfield. They didn't. They they were bare last year there um, when they were missing Jordan Howard in 2019. I I think they saw that um, you know that was a piece of the puzzle that that uh, that they could have used. So uh, certainly having depth in the backfield is is something they wanted to address, and I think they did it in very in low leverage ways. So I I, I don't think that had anything to do with Miles Sanders. I agree with that, Zach, but I would just like to follow up on third downs because mm-hmm. one thing Carry on Johnson can do really well if he's healthy, and that's a big if, is pass protect. And sure. that was not a strength of Miles Sanders. Either was he took a bit of a regression as a pass receiver as well. Do you think this team would prefer to have Miles as the two down back and, and somebody find the third down back? That's a good question. Um and I, I I can't answer that yet with any authority because you know there's there's as as you know there's still a lot of conversations we need to have with the coaching staff and I need to see some of these guys out there but yeah I I, I definitely think having um, a complimentary back or having more help in the backfield is something that would attract them and if you just look at uh, at this at Nick Sirianni's history in Indianapolis mm-hmm. um, they they used multiple running backs and I I think that will be the case here. Uh, I'm going to make you look into your crystal ball and give us a prediction. You don't have to give us a number, but I'm just going to ask you to give us a off the top of your head name. Who's going to lead the Philadelphia Eagles 
in sacks in 2021? Well, that's a good question because, uh, you know, this is, this is a, this is a good defensive line. Um, I, I would say, I'm going to say Fletcher Cox and it's, it, it's probably better money to go with an edge rusher. Uh, but I, I think this defense is going to try to do much to um, free up Fletcher Cox in the middle, whether it's playing Hargrave over the nose, whether it's, it's, uh, it's, it's moving Cox around some. Um, I don't think this is just going to be a, a, a penetrating defensive line. I, I, I think they're going to try to free up Fletcher Cox. Uh, they should because, look, they're paying Fletcher Cox a lot of money. Yep. They need more pass rush production from him. Um, so I, I'm going to go with Fletcher Cox, but it would probably be a better bet to go with one of the edge guys. All right. As long as we're going crystal ball, Zach, and these are later round picks, so I don't want to overstate it, but I, my, my eyebrows got a little bit raised when I saw, uh, Jacoby Stevens and played safety and, and the Eagles announced him as a linebacker and Patrick Johnson, more of an edge player, the Eagles announced him as a linebacker should we read something into that is Jonathan Gannon looking to do certain things in your estimation or is that just sort of taking a flyer projecting guys to move positions at the NFL level yeah so I I would probably read more into that Patrick Johnson one than the Jacoby Stevens the Jacoby Stevens one as 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 you know that's the way the league is going I mean there were a few college safeties this year, the Florida State safety, the Auburn safety Sherwood, um, who were drafted as you know, and and moved as they were drafted as safeties and announced as as linebackers. And I think that hybrid safety linebacker type is something teams are especially looking for on on third downs. But the Patrick Johnson one's interesting because I I, I do think the Eagles are are going to try to utilize that stand up edge rusher, whether it's Avery, whether it's uh, it's Joe Osman, whether it's it's Patrick Johnson, who's obviously a seventh round pick, but I I think um, you can see them use rush linebackers at at times. I, I know uh, this is not a group that has been a heavy blitzing team in the past. Um, I think if you just and and again I don't know Jonathan Gannon yet, um, but if you just look at Mike Zimmer's defenses, I think the Eagles are going to blitz much more this year than they have in the past. Zach, last one for me, and I love this question because I do it every single year with myself and anyone else I get on who's going to make a prediction on the Eagle season. I read your column in The Athletic, you and Bo Wolf uh, going through wins and losses on the upcoming season, which, by the way, tell Bo when you talk to him, I'll give him 100 to 1 odds that the Eagles don't. No, 1,000 to 1 odds that the Eagles don't have two ties. Two ties he predicted. Hey, for yuck. Yeah, I, yeah, I think he was trying to be funny, but yeah. yes. Tell him I'll give him 10 to 1 on no ties if he wants it. I'll put up 10. He can only put up a dollar. There will be no ties. I know they just tied one last year. It's still not a, there will not be a tie on the Eagles schedule this year, but I digress. Um, if you, you predicted uh, 7 and 10 for the Eagles, yes. probably in the neighborhood. John and I just went through it yesterday. We both ended up at 8 and 9. If I told you you can't have 7 and 10, that you need to move one way or the other, either add one more win or one more loss, which tells you, are you a strong seven and 10 or a weak seven and 10? I'm telling you, you're wrong. You got to move one game either way. Which way you do it? Which way are you going? You're going back with one less win or up with one more win? I, I would go back to six. 
more than up to, up to eight. And look, I, I might be wrong here. Um, Jalen Hurts might be the guy at quarterback. I think the Eagles can be more competitive than people think because of their lines of scrimmage. You know, I, 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 I think if guys are healthy, they have a strong offensive line, a strong defensive line. But, but you're, you're really gambling on players over 30 playing like they've, they've, they've done in the past. And, uh, and how many of those guys are going to be at that level? I'm, I'm curious to see. Uh, but I think the Vegas over-under here was six and a half. Um, and that's, that's probably right. I, I would say they're a six, seven win team. Maybe if, if, if Hertz is, is, is really good, they can squeeze out nine or 10 wins. Um, but also if Hertz isn't good, this is a team that, that could be four or five wins. Um, so, uh, I would lean more toward the six than the eight when I, I look at this overall roster and I just look at what they've done this off season in terms of trying to load up for 2022. That said, uh, there are a lot of like prideful veterans on this team who might be making their last runs in Philadelphia. And That's you don't want to look, I, I mean, I don't want to tell Jason Kelsey or Brandon Brooks or Fletcher Cox or Brandon Graham. Um, uh, you go on down the list, uh, that like this is a rebuilding team because those guys are not in rebuilding years. Um, but I think overall this 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 roster uh, is not a 10-11 win roster. All right, Zach. I'm thrilled to see you this afternoon. Looking forward to getting some grass time with Nick Sirianni. I always say when you're here, uh, Father's Day is coming up. Isaac's book, Underdogs, the best look at the Eagles Super Bowl championship. Um before you go, a couple of themes, because wins, losses, we don't, we know this league. It's not who you play, it's when you play them. So I don't care about wins and losses, but give me two or three themes from that schedule that you took away uh, for the Eagles this season. Sure. So first off, it's it's a uh, it's a light schedule late in the season. Uh, that's that's the big thing. I think that there can be some angst in Philadelphia in October going into November when that record does not look good. And there's a chance to really add wins late in the year. And in that case, I think one of the big talking points this offseason will be, uh, you know, uh, that they have that momentum carrying into it. And now there's some people who don't think that has a lot of validity. Every year is, is, is different. I know Doug Peterson genuinely thought the way they ended 2016 and the way those players responded to him at the end of 2016, he thought that carried over into the 2017 season. So I would say they have a chance late in the year to generate momentum. Um, so that's one thing. Obviously, the late buy is uh, is very surprising. You know, you have a week 15 buy. I know it's an 18, or I'm sorry, a week 14 buy. I know it's an 18 game season or um, an 18 week season. Mm -hmm. That's still uh, an exceedingly late buy. And then the other theme of of the schedule is is the fact that this is a uh, this is a team that. In in my nine in the past nine years covering the Eagles, um, I've gotten used to a lot of night games here, and uh, the fact that there's only two scheduled right now probably speaks to what the league thinks of where the Eagles are. And look, Vegas thinks that too with the six and a half number. So I think that this is not a team that um, the league is looking to showcase on prime time at this point. All right, you got six seconds to grab a copy of your book. If you can get it in six <laughs> seconds and show it, we'll let you do so. If not, oh, that, with three seconds to spare, yeah. not a problem. <laughs> you can read it on your way to Vegas this October, right? Yeah, um, underdogs, the Philadelphia Eagles, emotional road, the Super Bowl victory. 
Zach Berman, always a pleasure, buddy. You always bring good stuff when you hop aboard. Uh, Jay Mack will see you later on this afternoon. I'll see you when I see you. Anytime. Thanks for having me on. Zach Berman of the, in of the I want to say the Inquirer, the Athletic here with us on Birds 365. All right, coming back, Johnny Mac, Jody Mac. We got one more segment to do. Keep it right here on Birds 365. If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob Media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home. Available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. In the Wildwoods, our free beaches are spacious and welcoming with plenty of room to spread out. Your seat will be waiting for you when you're ready to visit. The Wildwoods, creating cherished family memories for generations. Jody Mack, the legendary sports talker, joins forces with NFL insider John McMullen. Start your morning with Johnny Mack and Jody Mack across the Jacob Media Network. All right, much like your favorite Pure Bowl steer uh, snacks, we've been pretty hooking fought today. That's just my opinion. Uh, you guys can decide for yourself. Uh, Zach Berman was, and uh, our buddy Hunter was as well. All right, I got one question for you before we wrap up this bad boy. Just trying to get you ready for your day's work, Mr. McMullen. What is the name of the security guard that you have to get the okay from with, I'm assuming, last year's media pass or last year's passes still good enough to get you into where you need to go when you get down to uh, Eagle Land today? 
Yeah. Um, they rotate guards at the gate. So, um, you know, all their names? No, I don't know. You any just of give them. a, I a, give a, a pull on the hat, a little bit Good of morning. a wave, yeah. flash the badge, and you're in. Is that the way yeah. it works? Exactly. Okay. Uh, it's not. That, I thought there yeah. was some potential sucking up for a better parking spot or no. We don't like get that. to park in the in in the complex anymore. We we park on the naval lot adjacent to the complex. Uh, that changed. They they've been trying to slowly push us out of that place for years, Jody. And and they're succeeding, by the way. Yeah, I was going to say you do have your work from home now, anyway. Yeah. You, you yeah. parking parking lot. Yeah. You said parking lot. No, no, no. I turn I on said, my computer. That's how I cover the Philadelphia Eagles. I said early in the process, you never let uh, 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 you never let something go to waste. You never let a scandal go to waste. You never let a crisis go to waste. The pandemic. They don't necessarily dislike. Uh, the Zoom press conferences. I will say that. Uh, completely understood. But hey, you guys are going to get the first chance to lay eyes on Nick Sirianni and his staff and Devonta Smith just from a wardrobe. And I know this is in your ballywick. I'm kind of pimping you here a little bit, big guy. Uh, whose wardrobe are you most interested in today? What, from a media standpoint? Yes. No, uh, Eagle personnel. Well, coach, they're all going to be in the coach, uniform. Any coach, any of the players. Well, the players are going to be uniform. But yeah. you may see him coming in or, in or out at some point, depending on how much time you stay say, on the Chris, ground. Kristen's in Oregon, so I don't care about anybody else's uh, uh, media relation as far as what they're wearing. Right. Players are going to be in uniform. Eagles coaches are going to be in, you know, I don't know, salute to service gear or – a, a a black sort of batting cage uh, uh, type of shirt. So they all wear the same thing. There's no interest whatsoever. Okay. Now Will fans, fans get interested in numbers. So you already know the numbers right. of, of the rookies. And Devontae Smith is obviously carrying number six over. Will Coach Sirianni have a whistle? Mm, no. He, no. he doesn't need one. Some no. guys like the whistle. Other guys yeah. can't stand it. We yeah. don't know. He's never done it. Never run a practice before. Whistles, it's a good speculation. Yeah, whistle's old school. He's new school. He's yeah, bringing he, energy. He's screaming. Yeah, that's what I guess, too. Yeah. All right. Hey, buddy, have a good time over at practice. I know you'll bring info with you back next week on Monday Hopefully. when we return here on Birch 365. Have a great weekend. To all you guys out there watching and or our stream team who do a good job sending us messages during the show. Thank you as well. Thanks to uh, Xander doing a hell of a job producing the show all week long. Are they going to fire us over the weekend, MacMan? Or you Maybe. think we're going to be back on Monday? We'll see. We're all day to day. I always say that, Jody. You're we're all to day to day. Turn back here and turn back in here on Monday to find out if you're going to get another week of Birds 365. If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob Media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home. Available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.